Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. the 2019 Beat Writer Contest to predict the Eagles' opening roster. And new champion of the Beat Writers, the king of the beats, ladies and gentlemen, Bo Wolf. You really strike me as, as a act like I've been there before, hand the ball to the ref kind of guy, huh? I promised that if I won... I would be appropriately insufferable. And here we are, Zach. Uh, you know, you could say that the person who wins this contest is the best beat writer. That's not for me to say. You could say that <laughs> is that what you just said? <laughs> the most plugged in? I think that's probably fair. The one who, who is most able to mind meld with Howie Roseman. I think, uh, I think that is fair. And I think it is fair to say that uh, this will be a, a tough year for everybody uh, in my orbit as I continue to, uh, to lord this over everybody. Your post-game press conferences as King a player would, would be uh, outstanding to cover. <laughs> I'd be more like a broken clock's right twice a day. You know, I, I would give those, those cliches. You're rolling out music to celebrate your championship. Do you know what music that was? I do not. What is that? That was the Mr. Perfect theme song. Oh, okay. Even more applicable. I would like to thank. Uh, I would like to thank the 51 players on the roster who I accurately predicted: Carson Wentz, Josh McCown. You're really reading Nate everyone. Sudfeld, <laughs> Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, Jordan Howard, Darren Sproles, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Ortega Whiteside, Mac Hollins, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Jason Peters, Isaac Siamalu. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, Andre Dillard, Matt Pryor, Halapula Vati Vaitai, Jordan Mailata, Nate Herbig, that's a big one, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Derek Barnett, Tim Jernigan, Hassan Ridgeway, Josh Sweat, Sharif Miller, Deshaun Hall, Nigel Bradham, Nate Gary, Kamu Grugier-Hill, Zach Brown, LJ Fort, Ronald Darby, Rasul Douglas, Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones, Cravon LeBlanc, Jake Elliott, 
Cameron Johnston, Rick Lovato, who is the Eagles' long snapper, Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, Andrew Sandejo, and, of course, Rudy Ford, an important one. Now, that uh, 51 brought me into a tie with John McMullen, Jimmy Kemsky, and Zach Rosenblatt, uh, all worthwhile competitors. <laughs> And the is this, your, is this a script tie that you're is, from? No, the, <laughs> okay. the tie is then broken by a practice squad. And so I must thank the four practice squad players who delivered me the victory. Greg Ward, Alex Ellis, and of course, Zach. It is only appropriate that the two players who put me over the top, Sua Opeta and Boston Scott, the two men who have been part of the Bo Wolf brand for a long time, to uh, the vanquished, I would say, uh, you know, does a part of me feel bad for you? A little bit. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, no one has ever risen to power without uh, stepping on a, th- on a few throats. And so there we you are. go. Well, congratulations. Con- Thank you. Congratulations. I, I, uh... You can address me as your highness. <laughs> I, look, you earned it, you know. Uh, 51 to 50 is, is a uh, – a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a notable win. In a fifty-three man roster, because the reality is you're you're really only picking four or five spots, and you did it well, you did it right, and you deserve the championship. The one that everybody missed was was Josh Perkins, uh, or or the fact that they would only keep two yep. tight ends. That was the the one surprise that nobody had. And then uh, my other miss was I did have Trayvon Hester on, and did not have Jonathan Cyprian on. So my issue was I did not want to go chalk, and I predicted falsely that Jordan Mailata would go I, I on injured warned reserve. You. I warned you about the Mailata one. You warned me, and then I predicted that Richard Rodgers would go on IR after mm-hmm. the week. So if I had just reversed those two, uh, I would have I would have gotten 51. And then in Richard, yeah, so that that was my error there. I, uh, I hit on Cyprian. I hit on T.J. Edwards. You did. You've been. You you deserve a little bit of credit but for T.J. Edwards. You've been on where that one all, I, all year long. I really fault myself because I, I went back and looked at it. Uh, you and I both predicted the fifty-three man roster before training camp started. Oh, did you do better on the pre-camp? No, I, I got I got the same number in the pre-camp, and I, I had I obviously had my lot on the pre-camp one. I had T.J. Edwards on the pre-camp one. Uh, Cyprian wasn't on the team then. Um, I had Blake Countess on 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 that one. So. Yeah, so I I, uh, I admit defeat. You won, you earned it, and I give you a ton of credit for it. Shield must be rolling in his grave. This this never would have he never would have let this happen. But uh, he never would have let what happen. He never would have let me win. <laughs> you think he would have beaten you? I have defeated him in every in every contest, but <laughs> but uh, to allow me to lord this over everybody, you deserve uh, it. And really, a shout out to Clayton Thorson uh, or Klupin Thumpin who uh, was the one who delivered the Duck Duck Juice draft victory to me. Probably his lasting impact as a Philadelphia Eagle. That's his lasting impact? Okay. <laughs> I mean, what, what else would it be? He's, <laughs> he's not even on the practice squad. Well, yeah, he got Claxton in Dallas. Yes. Uh, so, how are you? How was your weekend? I'm great. Uh, nice weekend. And uh, excited, really excited for this week. Like, this is... We're finally in the season. We're, we're here uh, and once you get to week one, it just kind of rolls from there. It's one of these. It's it's a cliche, but it's true. It's like, all right, we'll pick our heads up in January, Correct, and, yeah. and we'll see where they stand yeah, we're because about to, about to fly off the cliff. And it's just it's very routine oriented. Outside of week four, when they're um, in Green Bay, and it's a Thursday night game, and then the bye week in early November, 
outside of that, you can pretty much predict your schedule from here on out. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm thrilled to get this going. So what were your, uh, your high-level responses to uh, the roster when it was released on Saturday mm-hmm. and our conversations with Howie Rosen? Sure. So my, my first big takeaway— As we get to the bird on the street. —was only two tight ends. Uh, that surprised me because not just because you expect them to carry three. I mean, you're, they're only really going to play Ertz and Goddard. So that third one's more insurance. But that's a position that they like on special teams, especially for the body type. And so I was surprised they did not have a third tight end. I, I, thought, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they still added a sure. third tight end in the next couple of days. Uh, as we've talked about, Cravon LeBlanc, if they put him on injured reserve, I think tomorrow, Tuesday, then they can mm-hmm. open up a roster spot. And uh, there are a bunch of veteran tight ends who were released. And so you know, guys who they wouldn't have claimed on waivers, so yes. they can add. So your, your uh, Luke Wilsons, your Dwayne Allens, those 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 guys, guys. Would, you would guarantee their contracts if you brought them in week two. So, unless you brought them in week two. Right. If you had them on the roster week one, it would be different. And they can get through. I mean, they can get through a game exactly. with tight ends. They've got, you know, if they're going to go super heavy. It's going to be, you know, they'll put Dillard or Vitae or, or somebody on as a sixth offensive lineman as opposed to a, an actual third tight end. So once I saw Richard Rodgers go on IR on Friday, uh, therefore he's out for the season, I figured, all right, now they can go deeper at a different spot. And I admit I thought that spot would be defensive tackle. I had Hassan Ridgeway on, and I thought Trayvon Hester would join him like you had on your 53 mm-hmm. because I thought Fletcher Cox's status might be in doubt. I had the same read that our, our colleague and friend Jimmy Kemsky had, which was the fact that they went four right. meant that Fletcher Cox could be in, in good shape for this week, and Howie Roseman confirmed Howie it. Howie Roseman confirmed it. So uh, th- if you look at the uh, ramifications on the week one roster mm-hmm. that we learned from, from the roster cutdown, it is that Fletcher Cox is going to be ready, which Howie you know, actually confirmed. Ronald Darby is going to be ready. They only have four healthy cornerbacks. They're not mm-hmm. going to go into a game with three, so Darby is going to play. And then I, I do think that the inclusion of Edwards as the sixth linebacker probably means that Nigel Bradham may not necessarily be all, you know, all systems go for week one. Okay, I, I had a little different read on the Bradham thing, but you're absolutely right on the first two. But, but that's also because I thought Edwards was, was, was going to be on this team throughout the summer. Um, I, I've had him on every 53, and I, he's, a, he's a guy I heard in the spring that they really liked. And I just thought they want some young, inexpensive options there, especially because then, you don't know who you're, who's well, on the fair. team next year. Maybe it's not Edwards. It's just that they kept six sure. total because, uh, you know, we can get into this. But the, you know, the keeping of LJ Fort and both him and Andrew Sendejo is going to cost the Eagles a, a compensatory pick. Absolutely. Um, and so they, they didn't necessarily have to keep Fort uh, if they thought. I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe yeah. they were going to keep six anyway. But. But then speaking of, of, of Sandejo, he was never in, in, in question. But the fact that they get five safeties jumped out to me as well. Well, and the description from Howie on, on Cyprian is what I thought was so interesting. Uh, now, Rudy Ford, they traded for him. He didn't even play in the game because mm-hmm. he's injured. Uh, but they really like what he does on special teams. Cyprian, uh, and they, I mean, he's the guy they're, they're guaranteeing his contract if mm-hmm. he makes it to uh, Sunday on the roster. Uh, Howie was talking about how this is a guy who they've, they've talked to him about how he has... Uh, he has to embrace this role and, and be a special teamer and, you know, only a backup on defense. This is a guy who started every game he's ever played in the NFL. Yep. Uh, and they said that he's, he's embraced that role. So And four safeties over the age of 29. This is a very old team, Zach. 
Uh, yes. Jimmy Kemsky has uh, gone through the second oldest team in the league uh, to the Patriots. And uh, we can which get is, into Which is not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. However, uh, it's not great. It's, it, it's not bad because, you know, the Patriots, were, I think, were the oldest team last year or, or close to the oldest team last year, and they won, and the Eagles were relatively old two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. But uh, as I wrote, this is... A that was a good write-up, by the way. Oh, I really you. liked it. You did a good job synthes- uh, synthesizing it in a short period of time. Well, this is a team that has been a little bit reckless with some of their long-term resources. Uh, there was the golden ticket. Yeah, trade. you were really tough on Howie on on uh, on in 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 that section in particular. You think so? I think reckless is not the word I would use. No. Okay. I I do think they've they've made a lot of short term decisions. So Golden Tate. Yeah, I, I mean we can agree. There. And the selling point on Golden Tate all along was even if he goes, we're going to get a comp pick back. Well, I don't think that was there. I think that I th- was part of it. I think that was that was part of the. I think uh, that was the rationalization from some members in the media. I think that was an internal rationalization, and okay. uh, in terms of paying such a significant price, because a third round pick for a half okay. season of a yeah. guy who you didn't even have a plan for, True. is an outrageous price to pay. Oh, I I agree, and and I said that at the time. You said that at the right. time too. Uh, I I do think at that moment they felt they needed to make some type of now. I fault them for the acquisition because, like you said, they they didn't have a plan. But where they were when they came back from from London, they felt they just needed a little more firepower on offense. Um, but maybe the case that 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 price was too much. The price was we too can much. agree there. Um, they the way that they have handled the compics. Now we know that they care about the compics. This is not like oh yeah, they've been adamant. I know about I know that there are people who think that we focus on this too much, but we focus on it because they care about it. Yes, and they misjudged how that was going to work out for them this year. Uh, I think I think they expected Ajayi to sign a qualifying deal. I think they expected Wisniewski to sign a qualifying deal, um, and. So they signed LJ Fort on the first day of free agency, mm-hmm. a 29 year old line backup linebacker, mm-hmm. and a guy who has what t- uh, three career starts, and I and a guy who I, I think you know you could find the equivalent player in May. Uh, well, they found Zach Brown in, found, in what in, exactly? Yeah, and you could also draft a guy like that in the mid rounds. Well, you can't count on that. You can't, but you can also wait and see how the draft plays out and then sign an equivalent sure. player after the draft, which they did with Zach Brown. Uh, Sandejo, I'm going to give, I, I give them a little bit more of a pass on Sandejo because they do really seem enamored with him. Uh, and they, you know, if he didn't, if, if he didn't look good, I actually believe that they, they would have been willing to cut him because he yeah. signed a much cheaper deal. And he has Ford like did. legitimate starting experience. He like did. LJ Ford has been a, a role player if that, a special teams guy throughout, throughout his, his, his career. Took more snaps in Pittsburgh last year, but they were really going based on one season in Pittsburgh because before that, he has, has not really been much in the league. Right. Uh, so, you, so you say that they, you know, they, they, I think they miscalculated the comp pick situation. They're only going to end up with one pick next year, most likely, the, the late third rounder for Nip, the big Nick Foles contract. Yeah, uh, so, the Jordan, so the Jordan Hicks, they were right about Jordan Hicks. They thought Hicks was going to get a big deal, and he did. But that's going to be nullified because Jordan Matthews got cut right. by San Francisco. Right. Um, then you have their draft. Wait, but, but there's Golden Tate. Right. So the, 
Tate and Hicks are nullified by Fort and Sandejo. Okay. Yeah. There's the, that's what yeah. it is. Yep. Um, then you have the actual draft in which, and, and this is where I, you compare them to the Patriots, who are the oldest team in the league. Mm-hmm. The Patriots buttress that every year by having among the most draft picks in the league. And so even when they draft a guy in the second round, like who was it that they cut last, they cut a guy this year who they drafted in the second round last year. Well, they traded Duke Dawson. They, they, tra- yeah. they traded Duke Dawson away. Yeah. Even when they miss yeah. on those, those high picks, they still have a ton of picks. And the Eagles have had only 10 total picks in the last two drafts on a team that just paid Carson Wentz this big money that, mm-hmm. is, that has 13 starters who are 29 years or older entering the season. You know, they, they're going to have to turn this around a little bit. They only, have only, only had 10 picks the last two drafts. Well, That's I, not good enough. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to defend them here a well, bit. Now, a little bit of it is, is because of the price paid for Carson Wentz, but... Well, the price paid for Andre Dillard. The only way they're getting Andre Dillard is by okay. jumping the Texans. Okay. So on one hand, you can't ridicule the Texans for okay. You know, and and, and then say the Eagles. So so they could have traded down so that's from the JJ Ortega Whiteside pick and they and could have acquired more but, picks. They could have not drafted a waste of a quarterback in the fifth round. Okay. Uh, now, you, if you want to, if you want to talk about uh, like on the on the real margins, if you want to count. One year, if Hassan Ridgeway has the seventh round pick mm-hmm. and make it eleven, well, that's fine. Well, we so so, that, so this like... is where I'm I'm going to. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not defending them on the on the on the, on the Thorson move because there's an opportunity cost there. Fifth round pick could have been someone else. And my I'm, point and is, I'm though, telling you, like a fifth round quarterback is a is a waste of a pick. Yeah, I, especially I, I saw that tweet you had yesterday, especially on a guy one. who's who's which yeah, I mean, which his college numbers were terrible. Um, but. You kept T.J. Edwards and, and Nate Herbig. No, see, I don't. I do. So, I do not. I, I I hate this argument. Wait, no, no, no. So so you you have now a draft picks are different than an undrafted guy. Okay, but but you do have on this roster, you you have six rookies. They have they have drafted pretty well. They have actually drafted very well in my in my opinion since Howie Roseman returned. Uh, in general. Well, you know what the irony is, by the way? I don't even know if, if I would call it irony. The best draft they've had was that 2016 draft when it was it was kind of... Right. It was Howie, Tom Donahoe, and they just kind right. of like threw it. They didn't have Joe right. Douglas. They just kind of threw it together. That was a better draft. That was, I mean, Isaac Siamalu, Halapula Vati Vaitai, Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills. Uh, Wendell Smallwood gave them three seasons. Yeah. The, so so that's, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Blake Countess turned into a player in the, in the into, league. Yeah, I know that was a that was an outstanding draft yeah. by them, and they had a they had a bare bones staff. Yes. Um, so I so, think, but and and that was a draft in which they had very few picks, which is which is yeah. the irony, I think. But you cannot expect to uh, over a period of time to draft you know much more than like marginally better than league average. That's just there's no, no but, evidence. That but that this is, is where I will disagree with you on, on on your criticism of this year's draft. Okay. Uh, because you had it's this good year's volume. draft, three picks in the first rounds. This that, year's draft is that. about three picks in the first. Two I, rounds. I, I agree. Like with if that. they get three, not just starters, but high level starters out of this group. Well, I think you, it's far you, too early to, to. Yeah, exactly. It's it's far too early. But I'm saying this year's draft, in my opinion, is judged by those first three picks. In I a totally year, agree. in a year when you have volume, it's a little different. 
in a, in a year when you have three picks in the in the top what 58 50, 50 right yeah then I agree with that it's about those so that is, it, it is it is probably unfair to just say they had five picks this year three picks in the first two rounds is is very significant exactly so that's I agree and, with that. and you asked Howie about those three guys and Howie really gushed about those three guys he did although so I, I got to tell you I tweeted I tweeted the thing about uh, Clayton Thorson uh, and how how the criticism of that pick is not about just Clayton Thorson. It's about not having the volume. And, and Well, m- well my criticism is different, too. Okay. My criticism is that this is a position they emphasized, really. That it, I mean, they were not quiet about the fact that they wanted to draft developmental quarterback, that this is a position they heavily scouted, and it's the first quarterback they've drafted. It's not like they're taking quarterbacks every year. Mm-hmm. It's the first quarterback they drafted since Carson Wentz. And to, to be way off like they were. And now look, you they signed a 24-year-old developmental quarterback who was a fourth rounder one year ago. So that guy so he fits and and perhaps if he wasn't available, they bring Thorson back, who knows. Uh maybe. That yeah. being said, Possible. and I'm talking about Kyle Laletta obviously. That being said, they missed on Thorson. They deserve to be criticized for it do you because think of were, the position. Do you, do you think that they were uh scooped on Easton Stick who was picked a, a pick earlier? I've read that People say that. I'm not so sure I, that that's I don't necessarily know. the case. Yeah, I don't know. I have no corruption. I think the Easton was... Stick thing is is because of the North Dakota State connection. But if you look at, at the prototype of quarterback they've brought in, outside of Chase Daniel, who was really brought in to help install the offense, right. they have a type. And that type is your tall, strong-armed quarterback. That's not Easton Stick. Yeah. So what they drafted with Clayton Thorson was more their type. What they signed, what they signed with Kyle Laletta was more their type. Now Laletta has some athleticism to him, so does uh, Thorson. But you're 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 looking at he's still six four, two twenty five. That's that's kind of the guy they've been going after. The responses to my tweet about that were some of the most like just like pandering nonsense that I've ever seen. It like was, what? It was infuriating. Like like. They won the Super Bowl two years ago. Who are you to criticize the Eagles? Oh, yeah. Well, I disagree or with like, that. Or, uh, you know, uh, Andre Dillard and Arcega Whiteside are, are already superstars. Well, like, that's not or, the case. Or, like, well, you have, to, you have to count Edwards and Herbig in there. Like, no, but— Since when, since when in Philadelphia can you, not, can you not look at things with a critical eye? I can say that Howie Roseman is among the best general managers in the league. They're probably the, the best or second-best second run organization in football. That doesn't mean they're perfect. No, far from it. It doesn't mean they haven't made long-term concessions to uh, fortify a short-term roster, which is fine. That's the, that's the calculation that they've made. Yep. This is a short window, they think, with this roster— to go for the Super Bowl. That's fine. But we can also call out the fact that uh, things are not necessarily looking that great long-term without work to be done. Well, yeah, but so I, I stand by what I said. Um, where I, where I, are the I, fans who booed the Eagles in week <laughs> one at halftime so, last year, but I, one game after the Super Bowl? I have a different read on I I criticize the Thorson pick, not the five-player draft, because— that's the price you paid to go up and get Andre Dillard. Now, you need to be right about Andre Dillard, but it is a fact. Well, I, I, I say fact. It's a very high probability you're not drafting Andre Dillard at 25, and especially when you see what yeah. the Texans have done. 
Um, and what a they, just what a they, terrible they job they needed the to get past the Texans. So there was a price to be paid. Yeah, and I think that's you, fine. The draft looks totally different if you stay at twenty five and you have they they gave up what a fourth rounder and a, um, yeah yeah the. The, I forget exactly what Yeah, the, the draft looks different if you don't make that Dillard trade. They gave up a third. A third, right. okay. Yeah. yeah, so, no, no, they, they didn't have a third because of the Tate trade. They, right. they gave up four. You're right, you're right. Um, so the draft looks different there. Now, that being said, you signed a guy to your practice squad who was a sixth-round pick in, 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 in Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, and you have two well, undrafted guys I on mean, your let's team. Let's calm down with that. No, but my point is, is that, you know, it's it's all the way you frame it. Like if they didn't make that, if they didn't make the Hassan Ridgeway trade, it's a good bet that T.J. Edwards is the guy they're targeting in the seventh round. Maybe you look Maybe. at yeah. you I mean, you look at what they, they paid. paid it's, those guys. It's, yeah. it's not. But they were probably offering. I mean, who knows? Because they were probably yeah. offering those level of payments to other guys sure. who were high on their board. Sure, but my point is, is that the it's not a coincidence, in my opinion, that the two guys they really invested the most in in the undrafted market are on this team. Right. Well, I think um, that's fair. So, so these are players that I imagine they had draftable grades on. Right. And and look, I'm 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 not saying T.J. Edwards and Nate Herbig are are franchise changing yeah, players, down. but what I am saying is that this draft, in my opinion, it's different than the year before. It's different than the year before that. I think you're, that's totally you're judging fair. it based on the top three. If they don't hit, if 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 they don't get, um. I would say two, like, cornerstone – that might be a strong word. Well, two high-level players. Because here's the two high-level players or two high-level starters, then if it's a wasted Andre opportunity. Is, I mean, this, is, this would be a success, but it's, it's also not even – it's not necessarily franchise-changing. If Andre Dillard is your left tackle for the next, you know, the rest of his career, the next eight mm-hmm. years or whatever, that's fine. That's, that's great. That's what matters most. It's also likely that, say, you you hit on Miles Sanders, relatively speaking, but then you let him go after his rookie contract because he's a because he's a running back, mm-hmm. and then Ortega Whiteside turns into I don't know like Hank Basket. Well, like, let me ask you this: so the last time I, I believe off the top of my head that they had three picks in the first two rounds was 2012. It was Fletcher Cox, Cox Vinnie Curry, Curry, Michael Kendricks. Right. If you get that output, if you get, that would be fantastic. Yeah, okay. but, but Cox is the best player on the team. I mean, that's. Yeah, but if 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 you get one guy who's an All Pro player, and then and then one uh, guy who's one hundred percent, that's fantastic. Michael Kendricks was a regular starter for them for a period of time, and then yeah. Vinnie Curry was a strong contributor, one year starter. That's a home run draft. Okay, and I think that uh, th- that's that's reasonable. now because because that year too that they, they got Nick Foles, they got Brandon Boykin, so they got other guys who contributed. But really, you're looking at those top three picks, and, yeah. and that and that's what. So this year's draft is unique, in my opinion. Because of those first three picks, I think that's fair. Uh, my favorite, my favorite. I'm still not letting them off the hook on Thorson. I think the most instructive way to look at uh, like late round volume is when the Eagles drafted Julian Vandervelde in the fifth round. You drafted an interior offensive lineman, and then in the sixth round, you draft Jason Kelsey. Yes, like I, I just think that that is such a good way to think about. Uh, why you want more picks late in rounds. You see, I you can be so wrong about that. Like they, they took a guy at the same position who they preferred over the one who turned out to be an all pro center. You see, I, I have a little different read on, on drafts than than you do. I believe in volume in the first three rounds. I believe yeah, after great. you get yeah. Like I would just 
I wouldn't worry so much about day three of the draft. I, I, I know you. I know people always talk about day three of the draft, but in in my opinion, I would really try to increase my odds on those top. No, two, I don't agree that. I, I I don't view that. It's, I don't want. I don't prefer late round volume to early round volume. That's. I think that's a. That's an unfair okay. character. Well, no. I, I. I hear this argument. You should always trade back and collect more. Picks. No. I, no. I don't. But agree like with to that. me, it's like trade up. I'm. I'm a proponent of trading up. Like, like get the guy you want. And I think most of the time I agree with that, but it, it also depends. And also, you know, I care a lot about. Uh, the positions that you're taking and when you're taking those positions. Sure, and, and and you care about the price you're paying. So if if you get a starter in the sixth round, he's on a really cheap deal. Even if you if 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 you get a starter in the first round by the fourth year of his contract and the fifth year option, he becomes an expensive player. All these people who are telling me oh, the the media will always try to find a way to to take oh, down a team. I just you know. I it doesn't you're... sound to me like uh, the people who are responding to that are birds with friends listeners just judged on their. I just uh, thought on the, their intellectual the way merit, you characterized but... Howie there. I, I thought it was a. Li- I don't think he's been reckless. I don't think he's he's been reckless. You think miscalculation is is fair? I mean, to me, like reckless is what's happening in, in Houston. Where well, yeah, well that's where, that's not reckless. Where like, that's like I look at yeah, at, you know. at that as a coach saying. That's, as practice, I, I look at that as, as as a coach saying, "I need to win short term." That's why a coach should never have. Yeah, in that if if I if I don't win, this is the next guy's problem, anyways. Like what what Howie Roseman's done, in my opinion, is is he's put the short term interests first, especially in trades, uh, because I think he saw he sees this he saw this window. That being said, Jeffrey Lurie was adamant at the owners' meetings. That they've had this plan in place where they need to collect this twenty-five and under talent over the over this three-year period, and they simply didn't have the. I I don't think they envisioned trading up for Andre Dillard though. I think that's right. that's a different scenario. So I think that that trade within itself kind of changed things around. I agree. Still, these people are coming at the uh, the king yeah. of beat writers. <laughs> the king of beat writers. Now, yeah, so but what I'm, I'd like to I'm have not letting right them now, off the hook on Thorson. I'm not letting them off the hook on Thorson. What I'd like to have right now oh, is God. for all you intellectually lazy, Jeez. sycophantic snowflakes, keep the noise down. Oh, jeez. <laughs> while I take my crown out and give you a good look at what a real brand looks like. When you said insufferable... <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be this. <laughs> you should have known better. <laughs> I, I suppose I should have. I I can tell you, had I won, this, this conversation would be like it would have been fifteen seconds. <laughs> yeah. I got I got lucky. I, I got one player you didn't get. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to even Elizabeth Wolf today. Happy birthday. Uh, to my sisters, I'm sure they would like nothing better as a birthday present than to know that their their brother is the. Uh, the reigning champion. They should be very proud of their brothers mm-hmm. for, for, for more reasons than, than being the, the reigning champion. Uh, okay. So did, what, uh, you, thought, you, you think that I was a little bit unfair in, in the criticism. I don't think un- unfair. I just think reckless is I, – I don't think he's been reckless. I think reckless is like – is not even thinking long term. I, I, I think that the – Well, that's – I think the Tate trade was a bad trade. Yeah. The Tate trade was a bad trade. I don't think it was a reckless trade. I just think it was a bad trade. It was a miscalculation. I think it was reckless. I, I wouldn't use the term reckless on that. 
I think it was a miscalculation. I don't think it was. Reckless. I think it was. Was the um, was the Ajayi trade reckless? No, because it was a fourth round pick, and he had another year on his deal. Yes, and they both had a plan. And they had a plan. Both for him. of those reasons. And they yeah. had a plan for him. Look, I mean, the Tate trade. Yeah, it was it was a bad trade. It was a bad trade, but I, I think it was undisciplined. How about that? Okay, I'll agree with you there. Uncharacteristic, even. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's but that's what is interesting. But I don't think that's it was reckless. Notable about it. I, I, I think that they looked at their team and they said, we don't have enough. We don't have enough offensive firepower. Yeah, I maybe think, so. I think the miscalculation... They didn't find they, the guy who added but, offensive firepower. So I though. think the miscalculation they made, the miscalculation they made was not the compensation that they surrendered. Because I, I, I think the miscalculation they made was that Dallas Goddard, they just needed to play Dallas Goddard more. Right. Um, so, so that well, was the mistake. Yeah, I mean, yeah that was self scouting. I another. also think that, uh, yeah, like if if you read what uh, Bob Quinn said, that the Eagles just kept like raising their offer, right. and it just got to a point. And they had wanted Robbie Anderson, and and yeah. uh, now there was a player who would have fit the sure the firepower that they lacked on the outside. Yeah. So, uh, so they, yeah, I think it was a miscalculation on 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 their part. I don't think it was a reckless trade. I would I would characterize the Tate trade as reckless. Okay, I would. I'm just I'm maybe, I'm, maybe. I'm very careful with the words. Like like to me I, that that wasn't reckless. I think it was. Okay, <laughs> I I don't think <laughs> I don't, it was I reckless. Just, uh... Yeah, I think it was a bad trade. The I think degree it was of mid- difficulty for this team roster building long term uh, is is raised with the Carson Wentz deal, right? Um, and maybe that... I, I, actually well, think, I actually think that that's overstated in most yeah, cases. Yeah, because they got and, a first-rounder back for Bradford. And I don't like the... I don't like the... Uh, people always harping on how difficult it is to win a Super Bowl with, with a, a quarterback who's highly paid. You need your quarterback, yeah. Right. But... And there's still plenty of cap room, and, and also, yeah. like, this front office, more than any other front office, should be trusted in terms of, of handling the cap. But... Uh, they still. This is a team that needs to turn over. Jake Rosenberg's going to love that statement. By the uh, way, if, I think if, that that is true. If Jake's I think, listening right now. He's, he's going to love. I that. think they have yeah. earned. They have earned that. Um, I agree. In 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 the past. In the in 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 the past three years. Yes. Now I also I, I will also say that. Like the Nomi contract was bad, but in the past yeah, three years, yes. yes. Um, I will also say that that there are. It seems to me like young building blocks on this team. Uh, so it, I, it's not, it is not the case. Now I've well, seen like, you know, there was like that ESPN thing, like they're the worst talent under 25. I think that is, uh, I think that's really unfair. Uh, I mean, you look at, were they listed as, a, I think they were listed as 32. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think, look, I, I wrote a big article, um, for my former employee, for the fellow of inquire. Like, sure. I, I, at a past life. You have yeah. To say. Yeah. As Pat Shermer says, yeah. but, but sometimes like, People get on these podcasts and they act like they the world right. didn't exist before they started. So yeah, I, I wrote a big article before the draft on how the under twenty five thing was a problem for the Eagles and that this was a critical draft for that reason and that this the opportunity in the first in in, in the first two rounds. And when you talk about their under their under twenty five talent, they're really gambling on players who we don't know are gonna be blue chip players. In particular, Derek Barnett, Sidney Jones, Dallas Goddard, Avante Maddox. If you talk to people in the building, those are four names they would tell you. Yeah. And I don't know if, if you can safely say any of them 
are going to be a Pro Bowl player. He's going to be a Pro Bowl player. Right. Uh, I I would say that I'm I'm pretty bullish on three of those four guys. Uh, definitely on two. I think that Barnett and Goddard are are building block type players. Uh, okay. Now Goddard so, is tough because it's a position that they already have a a blue chip mm-hmm. player. Um, but I mean, you know. Now Ronald Darby's twenty five. I think that you know. You look at the offensive they, uh, line. Nelson Aguilar is, is he twenty six now or is yeah, he still twenty five? The yeah. pending free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they what this draft did do was was fortify some of the offensive. Uh, you know. Well, I think what this draft did was place, it, it, it gave them three players. It gave them three guys who they're hoping can fill the three guys who they're expecting to be starters. Right, they better be. Yeah. Um, and if, if, and if there's you no miss, one else. You're in trouble. I mean, there's no one else for like. Sharif Miller is is yeah. if he turns out to be Josh Sweat, <laughs> that's that's your expectation sure. basically. Um, You're absolutely right. So that's why I say this draft is about those three picks. In a year when they draft ten guys, you're looking at volume and hitting on a few of them. This year, with three picks in the first two rounds, it needs to be they need to hit on those. Yeah, and I don't like you know. I'm not. I'm not ready. I know. Obviously, I'm not. Having played a game yet, but but I, I think we need to be a little bit cautious with those with those three guys. Oh, I, I agree. I'm just saying this is how I'm judging them. More than only five picks. Okay. Um. All right. That was a, that was a good uh, good spirit. That was a good discussion. Okay. Okay. Um. The other like uh, cleanup roster stuff. They added. They've signed nine guys to the practice squad. So this would really look. This my my whole uh, celebration parade could be uh, if they add Sojourn Shelton as the tenth practice squad guy to giving Jimmy Kemsky a tie with me. <laughs> then that would be fun. And and if that's the case, Jimmy can uh, join us. I guess Jimmy tomorrow. felt they needed a cornerback. Yeah. I, 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 well, I, I think they do. I think they will. I think that last guy will be a cornerback. Okay. Um, but there's a report they're bringing yeah. in the guy from the Vikings, mm-hmm. Craig James. Is that his name? I guess so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Wendell Smallwood claimed by Washington, uh, the most popular player on waivers claimed by four different teams. Yeah. Washington All also right, so adding, uh, Trayvon Hester, which is odd to me because they didn't claim him on waivers, but mm-hmm. then they sign him. So I'd like to know what the story behind that is. I just, I have a Brett Toth going to Arizona. Yeah. There goes my, uh, we both missed our, <laughs> sure. we both missed our I, practice I squad some, layups. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm lucky. I, I didn't bet. I'm lucky. I didn't bet. I know. my firstborn or the house on. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, but and then so I well, there's one other guy who got claimed, right? Who got claimed? No, no. I mean, Shelton Gibson signed with Cleveland's practice squad. Oh yeah, and Josh Adams to the Jets yes. practice squad. I thought there but was maybe one more guy. I've I've read on Twitter, uh, kind of like even some Eagles uh, media members, uh, these like cheap cracks at the uh, at, 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 at Washington for. Signing these guys mm. um, because it's like oh you, oh you're really not going to pick up much from them. The, first off, the Eagles signed Nate Sudfeld two years ago, and was, right. and I'm in like these same people were like calling it a stroke of genius. Number one, okay, and then number two, uh, I don't think Washington signed Wendell Smallwood to debrief them on what's going yeah, on with the Eagles. No, no I agree. With yeah, that. so I also don't like it's. I think it's funny that Wendell Smallwood was claimed by four teams. He is like he's a fine. He's a league average running back. Fourth running back uh, in the short term. That's fine. It is funny that Washington added him. Um, And I I mean, listen, I'm on the right. I think Hester is a good player. I think he was probably the best player that they cut. So I was surprised that he wasn't claimed on waivers. So yeah, were you surprised uh, that Brett Toth was? 
Not really. For a team like Arizona that has, is like terrible on the offensive line, they might as well use a roster spot on a guy like that. It's right? interesting. Um, because... You're the one who's got the insight on Mr. Toth. How do you think he yeah. feels to be going to, going to Arizona? <laughs> there goes the plan. Well, so I, I was speaking to him after the game, and he's like, he was talking about pass setting was the thing that he's like never done before. And here he is going to a team that's, yeah, that's just going to pass the ball all the time. Uh, you know, I keep I keep reading this like shock that the Eagles, you know, that Brett Toth was was claimed because he's this big project. The Eagles literally kept a player who had right. never played football before. Right, I agree. And yeah, it's not so, that big. Of a, I, I'm, not, I'm not that yeah, surprised by it. Like Although I did expect him to go on the practice squad. Yeah, but like you, 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 you can on, on on one hand celebrate. My Jordan, my lot. Yeah, right. Jordan, my lot, and, and then on the other hand, be like, what "What's Arizona doing? thinking? This yeah. guy's this guy's a project." I agree with that. Yeah, um, so. But I just thought that uh, – no, I, I thought there was an outside shot he'd be on the 53. But I, I do think Nate Herbig has more developmental value than him at, at, well, at this also, point. Also, Toth is a, is a tackle, and they, have, they already have Dillard and Mylotta. Yeah. Like, now he can't play guard, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, or I, I think they, there was a thought that he could move in the guard at some point. Right. But he's, he's certainly not a, a short thing. They don't thing. have a young center. He's, That's he's certainly not a short thing. I wish him luck. I enjoyed – Getting the chance to talk to him, and then I, I also think it's very admirable, kind of, um, you know, the the uh, the path that he's taken. So, you not so much. <laughs> I think the I um, I mean, certainly what certainly <laughs> he looked you he is a, well. No, I just I object to uh, the specific messaging that he gives, given the uh, logistics of the rule in place. But uh, certainly, he is someone who deserves yeah support. My, yeah, my point is yeah, yeah so. I'm, I'm, I'm not being political here. I'm simply mm-hmm. stating that, you know, a guy who goes to West Point, who I'm sure who serves as a second lieutenant for, I agree. for, a, for a year, um, who in his literally in his free time is 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 going to be an officer. Um, yeah, I, I admire that. I think that's worthy of admiration. There you go. That's all I was saying. Okay. I, I wasn't making commentary on the rule or the person who enacted you. <laughs> I'm gonna let you like continue. Yes, please Go keep on. going. Let's uh, new subject. I want you to keep keep wading into these waters. New subject. Um, all right, we are uh, due to hear from Doug Peterson. Yeah, in, uh, in a little forty bit. minutes. That's why I was checking my time just to make sure. What are, do you hope to glean from Dougie P? Unfortunately, I I don't think Doug's gonna. I I think Doug's gonna try to kind of come off in like regular season mode today. This was the... You're the one who wants it to be regular season mode. No, I don't understand. You know, sometimes Doug thinks you, you, you need to like withhold or you need to act a certain way during the week of the season. Uh, what am I hoping to glean from him? Some clarity on the, on the injuries, but like you said at the beginning, you can read between the lines here. Uh, I, I want to get a sense of some lineup stuff, which I don't think he's, he's going to share. Um, but the cornerback spot... Do you think he even knows who what the plan is at cornerback? I would think so. Yes. Well, he may not even be privy to the plan yes. on defense. No, I, I think he's he's uh, privy to it. He's he's the head coach. This was the press conference a year ago. Well, it, it came on a Sunday because they played the Thursday night game. Mm. But but this was the one where he was he was all up in arms about the report that. Uh, oh, that Wentz was going to be Wentz was yeah. out. Was it the Peter King report? 
no, the Ian Rappaport one that hmm. Nick Foles was 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 going to start, and oh. the media was putting words in his mouth, and then oh yes. yeah, and then he came out the next day and made a statement on it, and before the coordinator spoke, and that was that was the Labor Day Monday, I believe. Oh, okay. Yes, I got some woodpecker you rather's for you. Sure. Would you ra- woodpecker you rather? Now we know you're a big fantasy football guy, and uh, we know we can argue about that at a later date. Woodpecker, you'd rather be forced to draft Wendell Smallwood in the first round of every one of your fantasy football drafts or miss this Doug Peterson press conference, just this one? I would rather uh, the Wendell Smallwood pick. Like, this is my job. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but you're not going to write off of this. I take a lot of pride in being there. Like, that to me is, is it's, it's fundamental to the job. Okay. Yes. Woodpecker, you rather... These are two different story possibilities. Woodpecker, you rather break some piece of really big news. Substantial news. But but you're breaking the news. Let's say that it's like... Not uh, like a transaction thing. No, let's say it's Howie Roseman is involved in Michael Kendricks's insider trading ring. Okay. Um, or Woodpecker, you rather write a beautiful, well-crafted profile of like LJ Fort. LJ Ford's the player we're talking about? Someone on that level. Um, that's a good question. Typically, it would be the profile. In this case, I, probably the significant news. Okay. Yes. Why? What, but what, the two what aren't mutually exclusive. So. No, but no, but that's what pecker you rather. Yes. Um, because I, I think that the news that you're, that you're talking about shows... Uh, a level of reporting and understanding and connections uh, in in the league or with the team that uh, is 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 rare to find, and okay. I would imagine that profile as as outstanding as it might be is something that um, more people could do. Okay. But I, I will admit I'm I'm probably better at writing that profile than a, a, a reporting that groundbreaking news you okay know? not like Vinnie curry's been signed but like you know andrew luck's about to retire <laughs> that, right. that, that kind of thing yeah. okay last one woodpecker you rather be forced to cover chip kelly forever so mm-hmm. wherever he goes mm-hmm. you're on the chip kelly beat and wh- when he retires when he's when he's out of a football job you have no writing job okay or never have pizza again uh, never a pizza again because uh, first off, I love my wife and my family, and I don't want to move them from Philadelphia. This is this is our home. Okay. This is where we want to be. So uh, traveling around, so that if I had to follow Chip, I'm I'm uprooting my mm. family. Number one and number two, I love my job. I love I love pizza, but if I'm taking the if like uh, Carson Wentz had to give up pizza, he went gluten free. And he still gets he still gets to play football the game he loved. Mm. I love pizza, but this is the game I love. Like like writing, reporting is what I love to do. So I'm willing. To, if I had to go gluten free tomorrow, I would do it to keep my job. Absolutely. Okay. Is, is that a sufficient answer? You spoke your truth. I can, how could I argue with that? <laughs> uh, let me ask you one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Woodpecker. Uh, Very nice. Would, would you rather uh, win the media poll? Ooh. Okay. 
or write like the definitive story of the Eagles in any given year. Well, what do you mean by the definitive story? Or not story? the definitive story. No, like, or, 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 or no, let's take that. Would you rather write that great LJ Fort profile or win the media pool? Win the media pool just this year or in perpetuity? <laughs> uh, for the next four years. Now, let me ask you this. If I write, if I choose the LJ Fort story, can I still win the pool on merit or am I, uh, am no, I disqualified because... from ever winning it? No, because the same example you gave, that like the two things weren't mutually exclusive. I could write that Fort profile and still break that news. And you said I had to pick one. So you have to yeah, pick... Yeah, but no, you could still try to do the other one. Well, all right, you can still try to do... But would you rather win that pool or write that Fort story? It's no different than the example you gave. Mm. I'm just substituting the media pool for the big, groundbreaking, breaking news story. I think if it's the Fort profile... I can find other things to write and be proud of. Okay. That's how I felt about the breaking news one. Right. Yeah. So you're going with the media Now, obviously, the media thing is... uh, uh, Shtick. But kayfabe is important to me. (laughs) This is Uh, your brand, by the way. Like, (laughs) shtick should not be... Like, when it comes to... I think part of your brand, part of kind of what what distinguishes I think I'm going to stick with the media pool. Yeah, that's fair. Because I can write other things. Yeah. Also, I'll like, write a profile on uh, Sharif Miller instead. Actually, there was a good Sharif Miller story yeah, Tim McManus, Tim McManus the other day. Uh, so I'll do. Uh, I thought I thought Tim's had a really good uh, a really good summer. If so, if we uh, if if I did the locker room survey for you and asked you which uh, which beat writer you think is primed to have a big season, you would say you would say Tim McManus is the one who's impressed you this summer. I I can't pick you or me. Because yeah. because I think I'm primed to have a really big okay. season. Um, well, that's the Jonathan Cyprian answer. <laughs> is that right? Yes. Is that right? Um, I think, well, I, I mean, I really like my former colleagues, too, at the Inquirer. I'll I give you a name, you, though. I can tell you're, you're squirreling here. No, Zach Rosenblatt, has had a, Zach Rosenblatt from NJ.com has had a really good summer. Listen, um, one practice squad member away from being the best <laughs> yeah. beat writer in town. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he's written, like, three stories that uh, have, have really impressed me. So He did make that. a rookie mistake, though. I saw What's him. That? I saw him tweet that he had been doing a bunch of interviews for a uh, Clips and Thompson piece that will now never see the light of day. You got to push that bad boy out before. Have I ever told you my Sam Bradford before, story for the, the practice way? squad? So I I sat down with Sam Bradford for uh, like forty five minutes. Yep. The Wednesday before the fourth preseason game against the Jets. This was in two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. and I'm preparing this big Bradford story for Week One that year. Uh, and it was like the best Bradford had ever been. Like, really told you about bo- his love for Toyota. Really, no, no, really bore his his. Uh, he really like opened up, right? Um, you know, he reads David and Goliath before every game, and really, yeah, yeah, he's very religious. Um, JC's not like in your face, but about he's it, the go- he's like, Goliath. He's the number one overall pick. So that's what's interesting. He always associated himself with David, not Goliath, and I was. I was like, most people would associate you with Goliath. And the whole thing was like, this was the first year he was really associated with David. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really excited for the story. And we're walking out. We're in the, uh, we're in, and uh, this was before they redid the offices in the PR office. And we're sitting in a room there. Uh, and there's a TV screen. And on the TV screen is breaking news um, that the day before, I believe, Teddy Bridgewater tore his ACL. Right. 
And I said to Sam, I'm like, I'm like, oh, what do you think of this? And he's like, oh, what happened? And I, I, I told him Bridgewater, you know, towards ACL. And I, I guess he, he like didn't really know right. or, and, uh, you know, felt really, you know. Oh, this is during your interview. No, this is after the interview. We, uh, we walk out of the uh, room okay, and, okay. And, it, and it's on. Did, did Bridgewater, like, t- he, he tore a lot more than that. But, but, it, but anyways, I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, what do you think of this? And, and we were just chatting about, like, the road ahead for Bridgewater. And then three days later, they trade Sam because of Bridgewater. Right. And New this story. story just doesn't it – was, it was – I was so proud of this interview, <laughs> and I was so excited for it. And then when they played Minnesota in week six that year, I, I, I believe, right. it was like October 7th game. You could repurpose um, a little bit of it? I repurposed it um, as like Bradford returning, and this is the year Bradford could have had in right. Philadelphia. But that was a story that was going to drop – like week one, like the the, the Sunday right. that the season, and I was I was as excited for that story as any week one story I've ever written. Mm. And I just remember when the trade happened, um, the first thing the first thing I'm thinking, or the second the first thing I'm thinking of is like the trade itself. Carson wants the starter. Second thing I'm thinking is, oh crap, my story. Of course. Um. So I I and I believe I I put a tweet out later that day. Like I, I usually kind of like stick to business, but right. I put I put a tweet out. Like, if anyone wants 45 minutes of a great Sam Bradford interview, let me know. Right. Um, yeah. So. Well, two years ago, I flew out early for the Chiefs game to visit Olathe, Kansas, and the hometown of Darren Sproles. And uh, a week later, he suffered a season-ending injury. Yep. So that story had to wait until the following summer. And then last year? And then last year, I went to uh, Nashville, get a little Derek Barnett color, mm-hmm. and uh, he suffered a season-ending injury shortly thereafter. So I'm two for two. Yes. And I've got uh, some ideas. But you got ideas. another trip out of Nashville. I've got, I did get another trip to Nashville out of it. Yeah. Uh, so I've got some ideas this year, but I, I am afraid of telling people who I may be, <laughs> may be interested in. There's also a funny Sam Bradford story I can tell you uh, from my time with the team. Yeah. Uh, you know, Remember entering the draft after they had traded for whenever it was. Uh, for Carson? There was No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Uh, when they traded when, for when, they were, when there was all these rumors that they were going to trade up for Mariota, yeah, uh, even though they had Bradford, yep, uh, and it was all everybody, uh, all everything was being reported. The next morning, the morning after the draft, uh, when they did not acquire Marcus Mariota, uh, Bradford walked into the uh, cafeteria, and there were like very few people in there, and he just proclaims, "I'm still here, mother effort." Really. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> You see, he had a good personality. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a good story. It's a good one. That's a, that is a good story. Okay. Did you laugh? I did. Good. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. It's hilarious. Okay. Anything else uh, on this Eagles team? I mean, we'll hit it this week. We're going to yeah. do predictions this, this, this week. Tomorrow, we will have our big NFL preview extravaganza with the national writer, Shil Kapadia, making our picks league-wide. Uh, some of our favorite bets, and then we'll turn our attention to uh, Washington. We'll be back on Friday with our full uh, game preview, and that will be on the app. And, of course... I have one quick question before... Don't forget, Wednesday night, yes, 7 o'clock, Jose Pistola's Del Sur on East Passyunk. Is there a Jose in there, or is it just Pistola's Del Sur? I guess you're right. Yeah. What am I conflating? Jose Pistola's is on 15. Oh, you're right. Okay. Um... 15th Street. Bring your book, uh, bring your copy of uh, Metamorphosis, and Zach will sign it. Will you bring a belt, a championship belt? 
I may. Okay. I'll see if yes. I can find one. Yes. Um, I don't know where you would find such a thing. I think they have they have okay. plastic ones at yeah. uh, you know like Spencer's gifts Walmart or something like, or something that. like yeah. that. Target. So I'll be on I'll be on the lookout. The champ is here. Go ahead. What's your question? So the, so the, this is something that I will ask Shield to when we meet him, but just as a tease for some of these other questions that I have for you guys. Okay. Because I am going to bring some questions. What's more likely to happen? The Eagles win the Super Bowl or the Eagles don't make the playoffs? Great question. I think that, like, if I was looking at the actual odds, like, I, I think there are more scenarios for the Eagles to not make the playoffs yeah. than there are for them to win the Super Bowl. So I would have to say that that is more likely. Mm-hmm. But if you if you ask me, like, what I th- what I think is. You know, we wake up on uh, in mid February. What is more likely to have happened? I I, I feel that it is uh, more likely that the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. But analytically, I would have to yeah. go the other way. So I I just bring that's it up. a good that's a very good question. Though. Yeah, and I, I I bring it up this because of the eight years I've covered the team. Okay, the only year, the only year in which like there wasn't significant optimism. Well, mm-hmm. I, actually, there might have been only two years like this. But the only the the 2017 season, there like wasn't right. significant optimism that they were going to be very. It was yeah. It was I, like feel, a I think that Sheila and I, if I remember correctly, we I think we both predicted the Eagles to win the division at like you know nine or ten wins, and that felt that felt bullish. Like that that felt like we were going out on a limb. Yeah, like uh, I remember Jeffrey Lurie had a news conference that that week, and his whole thing was about like patience, and they're that's in year, right. yeah. they're in year two of this yes, long term right. plan. Um, and even, you know, in Chip Kelly's first year, 2013, I don't really think people knew what to expect. Um, yeah, there were, and, and but, the, the, the story at the time was that it was a bad roster. Yeah, which but, I, but they went 10-6 and six that year. Yeah, yeah. And then even though in, in 2016, Doug's first year, there was optimism that they were going to be good, like going into that really? year. Yeah, I mean, like, because, you know, they had Bradford as the quarterback— um, they who was excited about Bradford? As no, it was supposed to be like this this year where they they remained competitive while developing this mm. other guy. You know, they made some big free agent signings. They signed Brandon Brooks. They signed Rodney McLeod. They signed Nigel Bradham. How you know there was um, it was supposed to be a, a year when they remained competitive, and their whole message was like you can do both. You can serve, you know, you can serve both ends there, and so. There was optimism. Can't not, serve two masters. Yeah, not to be a Super Bowl team, but but to be like a legitimate playoff team. But like I think 2017, like expectations were were somewhat. I guess they signed Alshon that year, but I don't think it was like this is the year they're going all the way. And I I, I just bring that up because like most years, yeah, I agree when it's that. like that. Last year was like that. They're going to repeat. Um, 2014, 2015, there was all this optimism. 2012. When I when I covered, there was all this optimism, and so I just wonder if, if yeah. there's too much Eagles optimism going into the year. I think that's true, and judging by the uh, you know slobbering sycophants who got on me for <laughs> for daring to criticize anything about this organization, I feel like that that may be permeating too much. Got to be on guard a little yeah. bit. It's the National Football League, you know. Okay. I should also mention, uh, when we talk about the comp picks, I know people have uh, brought this up, it is still possible that they, like, they could cut Fort or Sendeo sure. before week 10, and then they would not count. Uh, sure. So that is possible, even though both of their yeah. contracts are guaranteed. 
Maybe especially possible at linebacker with, with Fort. I agree. I, like. I agree. Fort can be cut. I yeah. agree. So that's, you know, you give a little nod to Howie if he pulls that off. We'll Cold-hearted, see. but, you know, sometimes you got to be. Reckless Howie? Sometimes you got to be. <laughs> Reckless Howie. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. For Zach, I'm Bo. We'll be back tomorrow. And also for Sheila. And as always, the champ loves you. <laughs>